Thank you for listening to the Servants of Christ Jesus podcast. Today's homily from Father Paul Koska comes from the 23rd Sunday of Ordinary Time. To support the Servants of Christ Jesus, please visit scjesus.org. Two quick stories that I think are pertinent for today's gospel. One was uh, when Brother Peter and Brother Thomas and I were traveling back from Africa, uh, we were flying from Nairobi, Kenya, back to somewhere in Europe, I think it was Switzerland, and then back to the United States. And because I fly a lot, I have this special status which allows us to get into these lounges at the airports. If you've ever been to like Denver Airport and you see like the United Lounge and there's like that door and you can't go into it, well, I can go into those. Um, and, but inside, the rule basically is you can have one, per, you can have yourself plus one guest. And there was three of us, right? Because it was Brother Thomas, Brother Peter, and myself. And so we went up, you know, I was hoping we could just get into this lounge with the three of us and they wouldn't care, you know, it was Africa, people were laid back. And ends up like the lady like basically says, no, you can only have, only have one. And I don't know if it was Brother Thomas or Brother Peter, it was probably Brother Thomas, but I can't remember. Uh, Brother Thomas proposed like, well, why don't we just pray or ask if we can pray in this little room because... And then like two of us can go in or whatever. And so we end up going into like, I think it was like the workers break room and praying either evening prayer or whatever. And we finish evening prayer and the lady comes in and is like, you guys can just all come in or like, and ended up like letting all three of us come in. And the moral of the story is put Jesus first and everything else will follow. Right? If I had sat there and just like argued that person to death, that probably would not have gone well and we would never have gotten in, but because Brother Thomas is holier than me, right, we got into the lounge too. Another story from this summer, I was at officer training in Newport, Rhode Island, and we, there was four seminarians and myself, so I was the only Catholic priest, there was an Orthodox priest, and then there was a lot of chaplain candidates, which basically meant people that were uh, still in seminary, still in training, weren't ordained yet. Uh, from the Protestant world. So I needed to do Mass, uh, obviously, because I'm a priest, and I always do a holy hour as well. So all of us as servants of Christ Jesus, we make a holy hour every day. And once we got there, we didn't really know anything going in. Like, they didn't give us any information, like, here's your daily schedule, any sort of plan. You just show up, and you kind of find out as you go. And so they described to us when we're starting, on average, we started between like 4.45 and 5.15 every morning, which is not that bad. Um, and however, I looked at the schedule and like we ended at like 7 or 8 at night, every night during the week. And so I realized the two possibilities for doing Mass and Holy Hour were either before 4.45 or after 7 o'clock. Now, in Scripture, it says, in the Book of Wisdom and in the Book of Sirach, it talks about how the, the one who wakes up early uh, to seek wisdom will be blessed. Like, there, there's a blessing upon seeking the Lord earlier in the morning. And I know for myself, right, I'm completely worthless at praying a holy hour at night. Now, I'm sure the sisters of life, because they're holier than me, just like Brother Thomas is, I'm sure they can pray in the evening, but for me, I knew it was a horrible idea for me after being doing military training all day to then like try to uh, do, I could do mass at night, I'm doing mass right now and I'm not dying, but 
to sit down and pray quietly for an hour would then most likely lead to me falling asleep. So it's much better for me to wake up even really crazy early and put the Lord first than to put it at the end of the day. And so what that meant was waking up at three o'clock every morning. Now, I don't tell you this story be like, oh, Father Paul, you're awesome. You woke up at three o'clock. I'm not awesome. I just had to do what I had to do. Like there was no other option. And The four seminarians, though, were a little bit like, I don't know about this. Like, they only needed to go to Mass. Their only obligation was to go to Mass. But I didn't have access to a Catholic chapel, so I had to, like, do Mass in order to have adoration. And then I would consume the Blessed Sacrament after adoration. So while they didn't need to do a holy hour, uh, I did. And so I I was like, here's your guys' option. Like, and the Archbishop of the military had told them, you guys need to go to Mass every day. And so their option to go to Mass, which I felt kind of guilty about, was like, guys, you have to wake up at 3 o'clock. And so, and one of the guys who was in his his 40s, he was a previous Navy guy, an enlisted guy that had then uh, felt called to be a priest and everything. So he was like in his 40s, and he's like, Father, like, if I don't get six hours of sleep every night or seven hours of sleep, whatever it was, like, I get, like, excruciating headaches. And I said to him, why don't we just try it? Like, try, see what happens, and if you get the excruciating headaches, like, I'll reevaluate the plan. And so we go throughout the whole two weeks, and we do the three o'clock thing, and the amazing thing at the end of the two weeks is the guy comes up to me, the seminarian guy comes up to me, and he says, Father, I've never had this happen, but like, this whole two weeks, when I was waking up at three o'clock, and not getting the amount of sleep, and Basically, every other time in my life when I've done that, I've got these excruciating headaches. I didn't get a single headache that whole week, those whole two weeks. And so it was a reminder to me, right, put Jesus first. Be willing to renounce everything else. Be willing to renounce sleep. Not that you want to sleep deprive yourselves during college, especially if you're a freshman, okay? But be willing to renounce anything and everything else is the story of the gospel today for the sake of Jesus, for the sake of following Him, because if we put Jesus first, if you put Jesus first, then He will take care of everything else. If you idolize some other thing and put that at the first thing and you try to seek after that, then nothing else will work out. But it's putting Jesus at the foundation of everything else, which is where the blessing flows from. So put Jesus first. And even if it doesn't seem exciting or if it doesn't seem cool or if it doesn't seem to be the the thing that's going on in your dorm, the reality is you're not going to be in a dorm forever. But you will either, you will have Jesus forever. So don't put some secondary thing before Him. Because everything else will fade. College will come and go. Just like high school came and is already gone. And so remember that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the faithful one. He is the faithful one that will be with you always if you put him first. Because he can transform anything and everything if we keep our eyes on him. And if we keep our eyes on him, he'll give us the wisdom that we need. He will give us all that we need. And that's the promise in the book of wisdom today. It talks about, for the deliberations of mortals are timid, unsure are our plans, 
This is especially true of millennials. Right? The plans change all the time. Unsure are our plans. Even our bodies, right? Our bodies wear and tear. We get tired. But when and whoever knew your counsel except you who, you who had given wisdom and sent your Holy Spirit from on high, if we seek the Lord, he will make our paths on earth straight as it promises. If we put the Lord first, he will give us his Holy Spirit to lead and to guide. He will give us all that we need if we're simply willing to trust in him. And the beautiful thing about the Lord is he can transform anything. Because the letter of St. Paul to the Philemon today is an example of this promise. Onesimus was a slave. Onesimus was a slave and he had basically fled his master who was a Christian and he had eventually come to Paul. And so Paul is writing this letter encouraging uh, this man to re-receive Onesimus not as a slave but as a brother. And slavery wasn't exactly the same thing as like, you know, 16th century slavery, but Roman slavery was, was not a great thing. And, and if you fled, so Onesimus, for example, who had fled, he could have been, according to Roman law, been killed by his master uh, for fleeing, for being a fugitive. And yet St. Paul encourages this man to receive Onesimus not as a slave, but as a friend. So St. Paul is proposing the transformation of everything in Jesus. And so let's have hope in the Lord. Let's have hope in the Lord that the Lord can transform situations, that the Lord can transform circumstances, and that the Lord can transform even our own hearts. And I don't know what your summer has been like. I mean, I know some of you, so I know some of what your summers have been like. I don't know all of your summers have been like. I don't know if you're coming into this semester, this quarter, like excited and you had a really great, a really great summer and a lot of momentum and you're just high on life, not high on drugs, okay? Drugs are bad even in Colorado. But you might be coming into the semester really excited about everything or you might be coming into the semester like, this summer was not what I was expecting. This summer was maybe not what I was hoping for. I didn't accomplish all the goals that I wanted. But whatever the circumstances you came from, the Lord has a plan and a purpose for you. He has a plan for you and He loves you. He chooses you and He calls you by name. He calls you by name and He knows each of us individually. He knows each of us personally. And He loves us. And He loves us with an everlasting love that will never fade and will never fail. So we're invited to trust in that love. And so as we get ready to receive the Eucharist today, let's beg God for the grace to know his love. Because his love, his mercy is new every morning. On my eight-day, uh, an eight-day sun retreat that I made at the end of the summer, this is kind of re-brought back to me, this importance of being rooted in the Lord's love. I'm in, in closeness to Jesus and in intimacy with Jesus. I am not like an intimacy with Jesus person, like generally speaking. Brother Peter loves Jesus, um, and I try to love Jesus, but I really just like doing things for Jesus. Like I, I like cooking food for other people. I like 
taking care of other people's needs. But Jesus, this summer, at the end of the summer in particular, after finishing the Navy training, I went straight from Navy training to this eight day. And, and it was this me- the message that basically the Lord told me was just like, be with me. Be with me. Be close to me. Love me. And so I encourage you, as we get ready to receive the Eucharist, don't let it just be like another time you've come to Mass and like, okay, I'm going to come up and receive communion and there's the line and it's luckily not, maybe not as long of a line as your parish or whatever, but you just kind of get in line to receive Jesus. Like Jesus is coming to you tonight. Jesus is coming to you tonight. He's going to dwell in you. And he is going to transform you if you allow him. And you don't have to do like some magical thing or some crazy dance in order to receive Jesus. You just have to receive him and open your heart to him. And he can do the rest. So let's allow the Lord to love us tonight. Let's allow the Lord to draw close to us tonight, to experience intimacy with the Lord who loves us and calls us by name.